We're working through a series um, called Consistent at the moment as a church, um, and uh, we've been looking at various different things uh, that where we, we can develop consistency within our lives, um, looking at various different toppings, topics, uh, toppings. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like a cherry on the cake, I guess, um, but various different toppings uh, to our Christian walk um, in terms of, just in terms of various um, attributes or lifestyle or characteristics that we want to be developing and cultivating within us as a church. So we've looked at thanksgiving, we've looked at steadfastness, um, we'll be looking at the word, we'll be looking at joy, um, but this week we'll be looking at um, generosity. Um, so we're looking at cultivating and developing a generous spirit from amongst us within the church. Um, I just want to say a couple of things quickly um, before I invite a friend up, um, and we're going to have a little conversation in just a second. But when I talk about generosity, um, I know I do it, um, but I wonder how many of us just immediately think to money. When we think of generosity, we immediately leap to just giving money um, or just giving finance away um, or something like that. But actually, when we look at generosity throughout Scripture, throughout the Bible, actually what we see is generosity is much broader than that. Um, And I think very often in a money-driven society, we can kind of get locked into this idea that generosity is all about finance. And actually, there is an element of truth in which generosity is about our finances, but actually it's about much more than that. It's about our gift. It's about who we are. It's about our time. It's about our energy. Um, And second of all, um, generosity biblically is costly. It costs something to be generous. Generous. It's actually quite sacrificial. And um, very often, when we think of generosity, we just think, "Oh, well, here's the excess I've got. So what can I give away?" Right? When actually, if we look at it biblically, generosity is actually quite costly sometimes. And it's almost as if that excess, that 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 meeting people's needs, that sharing amongst everybody, is almost the norm. Really, generosity, if you like, takes it to the next level. Where actually it's, it's, it's actually quite costly to give, um, and that's not to say that you live beyond your means or um, you just give excessively for the sake of it. There has to be something of faith in it. But generosity, biblically, does look like giving a lot in terms of giving of yourself, in terms of giving um, your resources, giving your time. Um, and it is, it is costly. It's a sacrifice that we make. Um, and so with those two ideas um, in mind, I'm just going to invite Andy up. Um, and we're just going to have a quick chat. So come, come up here with me, Andy. You can grab that mic. Wonderful. Um, so this is my friend Andy. Hello, Andy. Hi. Um, so, um, Andy, what do you believe your God-given gifts are? Uh, so for me, um, I think... Administration and serving are probably two of my strongest gifts. Um, I love just to help people and to help make things happen. Perfect. Great. Um, And what's your attitude or how do you view using those gifts uh, within a church context like this? Um, Yeah, I guess with those gifts, I just want to be generous with them, really. Um, I think it comes from a place of God's been so generous to me and all that he's done and given. Actually, I want to try and reflect that um, with how I use my gifts and yeah, skills that he's given to me in the church context. Um, it's, I guess, at the end of the day, we're, we're one body, but we're made up of many parts. We've each got different skills and things to give. And, yeah, I've just been so blessed across the years by people mm-hmm. in Rev who have given their gifts to bless and serve me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it kind of, um, God says it's more blessed to give than to receive as well. Yeah, 
Great. So, um, so that verse that it's more blessed to give than receive comes from Acts. Um, just tell us a little bit more about what that means. Yeah. Um, so, I guess it comes down to exhibiting God's love um, as we kind of give ourselves and our time and our energy. It's, it's just reflecting God's love. Um, I think it causes us to trust God more because um, it, it means sacrificing things. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to, if to be generous with, with with what we can offer, it's it's saying to God, okay, I, I understand that you all believe you want me to do this, but actually, it means laying these things aside and just trusting that God's going to then kind of come through on other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's actually a, a great reward in serving and kind of using gifts as well. Um, I think as I've kind of poured out to things, it's it's. It can be something which seems that it might take so much time and energy, but actually, God gives me great joy through doing it. I think cause at the end of the day, it's it's building God's kingdom, it's it's sharing His heart, um, and yeah, and God ultimately promised us that actually, what we have here on earth isn't our reward. It's um, all of this will kind of one day go, but actually, our rewards in heaven, mm-hmm. um, and that as we as we serve, we're tr- storing up treasures in heaven as well. So, right. yeah, blessing comes um, in many forms. Yeah. Excellent. And, and, and how do some of those gifts, God-given gifts, um, play out in your workplace? Yes, I guess I, uh, I work for BT. Um, I do strategy and business planning for them. And I guess kind of some of the gifts God's given me, I use them in the workplace in the same way, really, that I would do in the church. Um, so I look to kind of honour and serve my managers and um, in the same way I kind of would serve other people in the church. Um, if I... Yeah, those skills that God's given me actually enable me to do my job. Um, and, yeah, as I, yeah, I just kind of, uh, um, yeah, just as I, yeah, pour myself out. I think as I was um, younger, um, I always used to be sometimes a bit nervous or anxious about going to school, about what the day would bring, about kind of what lessons might be coming or what homework are going to be set. And I always used to just remind myself of just the verse which just says, do all things to the glory of God. And I think it just really sets things in perspective for the day about, about how you use your time and um, how you are with people. And um, I guess, actually, I can come here on a Sunday and I can lay some chairs out to the glory of God in the same way that I can serve my team and my managers at work to the glory mm-hmm. of God through, through doing my work honourably and d- diligently. Yeah, that's great. Um, obviously, you're a very capable guy, um, and anybody that knows you knows that. Um, how do you ensure that using your gifts... Um, comes out of a place of generosity rather than just defaulting to, well, I can, so I'm going to do it? Yeah, good question. Um, It's, I think, a lot of part of it is just inviting God into how you're spending your day and your time. I think praying about it, um, just allowing God into, because it's could be a very there's a very natural thing to how you use your gifts and skills but it's actually just recognizing that god's given you those skills so how does god want you to use them um so i think there's an element of prayer um and the supernatural and allowing god to work in that way mm-hmm. um i think just being accountable with running partners as well i guess it's always a hard thing um about just being able to check in and just make sure that you're not doing anything for selfish gain um but at the end of the day it comes down to actually God is, is, is my example and my motivation in how I serve and the way I do things. Um, he's lavished his love and his grace and his generosity on me, so I want to, mm-hmm. to reflect that. And I think just through reading scripture, um, and I mean, it's difficult to you know, pick any of the gospels and read through it. It's difficult not to see all the things on generosity and serving and giving time and money. And um, yeah, you can't help it, it kind of gets to your heart. Yeah. So. 
great. Um, and what what would you say? What would you say to people here um, that wanted to begin stepping out in generosity, or perhaps grow in uh, generous giving um, and things like that? Um, yeah, I think generosity is a very practical thing. Um, so I think um, a kind of Nike slogan: "Just do it." Um, it's, it's often, I think, the way I've kind of learned to do things and grow in it is actually just start with something really small, something that's really just kind of manageable and the more you kind of step out kind of god just gives you more faith and kind of grows you in then what you can then do um pray for opportunities if you're not sure even where to start just say to god look where can i um be more generous this week and then as the opportunities come your way act on them um i think just really setting the tone with your friends and your family and your running partners as well so why not kind of in your running partners set yourself some challenges um, on how you can maybe be with your time or your money this week or the next few weeks. Um, I think, yeah, just setting the tone in relationships. I think one example I've got is, so actually the day that um, I proposed to Lauren, um, throughout the day beforehand, I'd kind of set her off, off on a treasure hunt with a load of friends. Um, oh. And she just had loads of little <laughs> uh, envelopes open throughout the day. But one of the envelopes just said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And inside was just some money. And it was... Just, she had a challenge for an hour with her friends just to go and buy things from shops and then just go and bless people and give stuff yeah. away. And I think, yeah, it's just a really practical element just to growing and just kind of building it into you and setting the tone that actually we're to be generous with all that God's given us, just recognising that actually everything I've got is because God's given it to me. So I don't want to hold on to it. I want to be, be looking to, to give it. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Andy. Let's give Andy a hand. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Andy. Um, that was great. Um, and so generosity. Um, so the, the one definition of generosity that I really like, I love, um, is generosity is described as open-handedness. Um, and it's just that, that, that picture um, of just kind of just liberal giving, dispensing, that open-handed nature of just holding things lightly um, and almost for people to come and take. Um, I love that picture of, of a generous spirit being somebody that just, just is so willing to give, so willing um, to just release um, whatever they have. Um, a practical example um, might be if I was stood here with some chocolate bars and I just said, come and get them, right? People just flood to the front and take a chocolate bar. Right? More, perhaps a more um, realistic example um, in my personal life would be um, that Tanika and I, um, we, we, try, we try never to um, lend money um, to friends or family. If people come and they, they, they ask us to borrow money, um, and we often say, we're not going to let you borrow money, we'll give it to you. If you then want to give it back, fine, it's not an issue. But we want to we make that a practice of just being giving away, just, just liberally just giving away, having that open-handed nature, that generous um, nature that just gives. Um, and very often generosity is, is, is kind of quite a practical um, thing. It often feels um, it's, it, it's a doing thing. It's quite, sometimes quite hard work. Um, but actually, although it is very practical, it actually represents something much more significant spiritually. 
Um, There's much greater factors at play when we as Christians, as believers, are generous um, with what we have um, and what we give, especially when we give those things um, in faith. And generosity within us um, produces so much fruit. There's so much good that comes out of um, generosity. Um, And there's just a few things that I want to pick up um, as we look at Scripture um, today. Um, I want to look at how generosity makes us more Christ-like, Um, I want to look at how generosity frees us um, from material and a temporal world um, around us um, and how generosity can set a tone for our church, for relationships, um, for family um, and things like that. But just before we get into the meat of it, I'm going to pray. Um, Lord, we just pray that you would uh, come, Lord, and that you would stir up within us um, a spirit of generosity. Lord, I pray just as we look at your word, Lord, we pray that you would um, feed us, you would challenge us, you would convict us on things, Lord, where we just need to, uh, Lord, just correct our thinking, where we just need to submit to scripture. Um, And Lord, we pray that you would just give us humility and faith to do that. Um, Lord, I pray that we would uh, really engage with you um, this morning, Lord, I pray that you would use um, my words, use scripture, Lord, to pierce people to the heart. Lord, that you would give us ears to hear um, what you're saying to us. Amen. And so God's plan for generosity, um, you can kind of trace it right, 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 right back many millennia ago. Um, and actually what we see is God's people right back in the Old Testament um, were called to be a generous people. Um, we see several times um, throughout Scripture. Um, so I'll just pick out a couple of them. Um, so, but first of all, God's people um, were a chosen people. Um, they were called out from among other nations around the Israelites. God chose them. He came to a man named Abraham. Said, "I'm going to, I'm going to make a people out of your household." Um, and we see that actually over the period then um, God just starts to um, invest in these people um, he gives them promises he gives them blessing um, and he gives them the law ultimately he gives them um, essentially the law that they are to live by um, that make up if you like the first five books the Pentateuch um, that the that um, the first five books of the Bible um, And in Leviticus, we see some really practical examples of how God weaves generosity into the law. And he says, this is how my people are going to live. You're going to be a generous people, and you're going to be a people that um, love others, love those around them. Um, And um, one thing that he says in uh, Leviticus 19, that should come up behind me, there we go. Um, Leviticus 19, um, uh, Leviticus 19, where are we? Uh, verses 9 to 10, um, just says, if I can find it, had it a minute ago. There we go. Um, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edges, neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest, and you shall not strip your vineyard bare, neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. Um, I am the Lord your God. And just that idea of caring for a community beyond your own means, beyond an isolated family unit. You're caring for much bigger than that. You're caring for a community. You're demonstrating generosity. You're deliberately not reaping all of the field. You're leaving the corners for those that can't afford, for those that don't have food. Um, 
And then later on in uh, Leviticus 19 again, um, verses 33 um, to 34, uh, says, When a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall do him no wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And just that idea that somebody that comes that isn't familiar, doesn't know um, the, the, the rules, the customs, the way of life. Um, in, our, in our country, we see that a lot. There's a lot more travel. There's a lot more movement between nations that happens. Um, and, as, uh, and the call on God's people is to draw these people into their household, into their community. Um, and God's people are very much called to be a light to the nations around them. Their relationship with God is meant to exemplify one of his generosity to them and their generosity to the nations around them. And so all of, all of these things in the law are meant to demonstrate to the people God's benevolence, his kindness, his, his graciousness, his mercy, his love, um, and his generosity um, to those around him. We even see, it goes further, in Leviticus 25, and it's a long chapter, we won't read all of it, um, but it talks about the year of Jubilee. Every 50 years where any debts were cancelled, any, any slaves were um, just re- rehoused, um, everything basically, it was like pressing the reset button on society. So where God had apportioned and given um, the nation and God had given an apportion to each family and things like that, there were really detailed um, plans about that. But every 50 years, the idea was that the whole thing would be reset and that those who owed were released from those debts. And there was just an overflow of generosity. And it was like society was meant to demonstrate that sort of generosity. Um, and so you wouldn't get injustice you wouldn't get imbalance you wouldn't get um kind of um just oppression and um some of the things that we actually see um today uh, in our nation and other nations across the world and so we can see that generosity is built right into um god's plan from the very beginning even the law that he gives but there's a problem here though because god wrote generosity into the law but actually the bible and history tells us that actually the, the, the people of God never actually fulfilled that law. So they never actually worked out that law. They never actually acted out. Um, there, were, there were flashes of, of yay, go Israel. Um, but then very often that turned to kind of quite negative and, and disastrous circumstances, really. Um, and you see, when God, where God had written it into law, it depended very much on the people's response to that law. How are we then going to live in light of um, God's rules, God's law? Um, And actually, the reality was that as men, we all know our own selfishness, our own pride. That actually, in some ways, it's kind of no surprise um, that they didn't live this out completely. That they didn't follow um, all of this. Um, And actually, we might think that if, if God had only set it in the law... Then, then actually we're in a pretty desperate situation. Um, but actually God hasn't just set it in law. God hasn't just set it in law to the Israelites. Actually, we see in Genesis 12, and um, to the next verse, we see in Genesis 12, verses um, 1 to 2, and I will make a great nation. So this is God speaking to Abraham. He says, I will make a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and to him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in all the families of the earth and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. 
There's a promise there that God makes. The difference between law and promise is, law, we now have to respond. Man has to respond and engage with that in some way. Promises actually doesn't necessarily depend on man's response. Actually, promises depend on the person who is promising. And if we believe that God is faithful and just and generous in his promises, then actually all of those promises come to pass. That actually through Abraham, he would be blessed to be a blessing. That the generosity that God shows to Abraham would spill over into generosity um, to those around him. That through him, all the families of the earth would be blessed. And actually we see this, we see this fast forward several thousand years, fast forward um, to Jesus, where Jesus uh, comes into the picture in John 3, 16. It says that God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That was the fulfillment of promises years ago. That actually in Jesus, these promises would be fulfilled. That actually God, out of his generosity, wasn't happy or wasn't content to let us just spin out into our own selfishness, our own idolatry of heart, really. That actually he sent Jesus to come into the world so that we could actually come into relationships, so that he could, um, it says in Romans, fulfill the law. We'll look at that passage in just a second. Um, But when man has disobeyed God's law, Where, where we have turned our backs on him, where we've demonstrated selfishness, where we've said, you know what, we're not going to listen to you, we're going to do our own thing, thank you very much. Actually, God's generosity, that while we're in that place of rebellion against him, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but receive eternal life. And what a promise. And we see it more. If we have a look at Romans 8, for God has done, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Notice it doesn't say by us, because we couldn't. That was the whole point, that God had, God had made the law for the Israelites and they couldn't keep to it. But actually, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life. And peace. And so actually, Jesus's, Jesus's death on the cross represented something very significant in terms of our engagement with the law. Jesus lived out the law perfectly. He lived out generosity perfectly. He did what we couldn't do, what the Bible says we were powerless to do. And he gave himself for us so that we could be set free. He made that transaction so that we could be set free from that own selfishness that, that wants to creep in um, and dominate um, in our hearts. And now we are free now to live generous lives. So actually through his Holy Spirit, we are equipped 
to live generous lives, to live lives that reflect his generosity um, to those around us. And so God's generosity to us and his generosity through us actually makes us more Christ-like. It says that when he rose again, that he poured out his spirit on his people. And, and, and the essential, the centrality of the Christian message is that Jesus died on the cross for our sin. And he's given us his Holy Spirit to equip us to live a life that mirrors and reflects him. That actually now we can reflect that generosity, that kindness of spirit that actually makes us more like Christ. And it's not that we're trying to fulfill some sort of law. We're not trying to stick to you know, only harvesting up to the corners. Uh, I'm not sure many of us harvest fields these days. Um, but we don't harvest all the way up to the edge to leave some. But there are other areas, there are other things where we might be tempted to think, oh, if only I could give that or do this. And, we, and, and if we're not careful, we get into kind of trying to earn um, something of it. But actually, we can never earn it. We can never earn a gift like Jesus Christ on the cross can never earn a gift like that and so all that we do our generosity comes from a place of being set free from that our generosity is an overflow um, of the love that God has shown us an overflow of the generosity that he has demonstrated that he has given that he has shown um, to us and so now our generosity flows out of that place our generosity looks like Christ's generosity looks like it reflects God's generosity um, to us and when we look at when we look at generosity um, in the New Testament um, it I had a really hard time trying to pin it down exactly what generosity is, how it works itself out, because it's, it's a characteristic, it's a lifestyle thing that actually starts to play out in so many different areas, so many different facets of generosity that start to, that start to shape our decision-making, start to shape our relationships, starts to shape our jobs, starts to shape our homes, starts to shape the church. Um, and generosity, if you like, flows out of that place. And just um, like Dan mentioned last week with the Thanksgiving, where it just seasons. Generosity in a similar way just seasons all that we do, uh, a kind, a generous spirit. Um, but looking through the New Testament, it, it, we can see that generosity tends to fall into two kind of camps. Uh, generosity with resources. Um, so generosity with things that we have. Um, so generosity with things like time, with money, with energy. Um, and then secondly, generosity um, with our gifts. Uh, so um, either spiritual gifts or gifts that God has given us that we um, then use to bless and serve and um, overflow generosity to those um, around us. Um, so let's have a look at a few verses. Um, so Matthew 10 verse 8. Jesus talking about um, generosity. Uh, in Matthew 10 verse 8, um, he says, You received without paying, give without paying. Jesus is speaking to his disciples here, saying, as you've received, then, then give it on, pass it on. As you freely receive, then freely give. And that's talking about the good news, right? So there's generosity with the good news um, of God. Um, Matthew 10, verse 42. Um, and whoever gives uh, one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose 
his reward. And so again, there's that idea of generosity just spilling out. Even a cup of water is, is a generous, is a kind act. Um, so we see generosity with um, things like food and water. Uh, Luke 6, verse 38 um, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. That idea that actually, in this case, he's talking about forgiveness. He's talking about judging others, forgiving other people. Um, and actually, out of that overflow, out of that forgiveness that, that, that we demonstrate, God gives back with the same measure. And actually, we see this as a bit of a pattern we see this as a bit of a pattern where actually as we give and as we're generous, God seems to return and give back to us. And we'll pick that up in a second. Um, and we touched on it a minute ago when we spoke about the little cup of water and he will by no means lose his reward. There's actually a consequence to our generosity. As I say, we'll pick that up in just a second. Um, and then uh, Matthew 6 uh, Verses 19 uh, to 21. Uh, Let me just turn there. Uh, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. See, it's an, it, it's an engaging with the heart. It's, it's an engaging with who we are. Um, if, you want to, if you want to know what we're invested in, um, then look at where we're putting our treasure. Look at where we're investing. Look at where we're spending our time. Look at where we're um, giving ourselves. Look at um, where, we're, where, where we are uh, spending a lot of time, where we are actually um, engaging and investing our gifts, our talents, um, our money, everything. Um, that will tell us where our treasure is. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. In this case, he's, talk- he's talking about money. We find that a few verses later. He says, you cannot serve both God and money. Um, but you see, in, in this instance, it seems to be that actually if we're, if we're, if we're giving ourselves, if we're generous with what we have, then in some way we're storing up for ourselves some sort of riches or, or treasure in heaven, um, it talks about. And that, that idea of giving and then receiving back, maybe not in this lifetime, as Andy mentioned, but into eternity. As we give, we do uh, at the same time um, receive. And generosity in that sense actually frees us from, if you like, the temporary. It frees us from trying to build our own little empire. It frees us from trying to hoard as much as we can. It frees us from trying to, to, to grab onto and create some sort of worldly security. And if I can just have enough stuff and I can protect myself from the, the, the evil world around me, then I'm going to be okay. And actually, if we rewind, that's pretty much what the Israelite people did. They said, they, they, they said, well, if, we, if God's blessed us, so we're going to just kind of, God's blessed us. We, 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 they didn't quite so overtly say we're not going to bless those around us, but they just, they just kind of cordoned it off and they just began to kind of hold things in. And we are God's people and we are blessed. And, and they started to, to get a little bit puffed up. They started to get quite proud. proud. 
and arrogant. And, and what happened was, um, essentially, what they, what, what, they want, what they needed to do was just be released from a lot of that stuff, from that hoarding mentality. Um, and I think very often in our world, especially when we talk with colleagues and friends and things like that, there could be that idea of wanting to hold on to things for fear of losing something. But actually, biblically, as we give things away, God returns to us. It says in 2 Corinthians that if we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. But if we sow generously, we reap generously. And actually, as God's people, we're meant to model something different to the world. Something that doesn't just hoard. Something that doesn't just kind of create some sort of full security. um, But actually something that models generosity and actually sees our lives, our generosity as a conduit of God's generosity that flows through us to people around us, to the world around us. And so generosity frees us from that materialistic, individualistic, that idea of um, I'm just out for me um, idea and releases us to, to really step into what it looks like to be God's people, what it looks like to be the church, what it looks like to be generous with all that God has blessed us with and to steward that for his kingdom, for his glory. Um, and then the second thing that we see kind of in the New Testament, um, so uh, if we turn to Romans 12... Um, Romans 12 um, actually there's a command here really um, for us as God's people to be using our gifts in a generous manner in a way that blesses others Um, and so uh, Romans 12 uh, verses 3 to uh, 13 Um, for by the grace given to me I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. What's really interesting is actually in 1 Peter 4, we actually see an almost mirror passage. We're actually describing what the household of God, what it looks like to be believers, what it looks like to be a church, what it looks like to be brothers and sisters together. Actually, we see something very similar. And this kind of completely giving of ourselves, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them in verse 6. There's almost a charge, a commission um, that we've received Uh, In verse 6, whether it's prophecy, verse 7, serving or teaching. Um, Verse 8, exhortation um, with contribution. Um, It talks about um, leading. It talks about acts of mercy. Um, 
all of this generosity, all of these things, all of these gifts that we then bring to bear on the church, actually they start to set a bit of a tone, they start to set a bit of a pattern for church life. If we actually begin to step out in some of these gifts and actually start to freely bless and generously serve one another in them, actually it produces, it produces a community that is, that is really um, love, loves one another, um, that is building together, um, that actually is, is living for his glory and actually reflecting him in his character, in his nature, in his generosity, in his love, um, in the overflow to the world around them. And there are, so many, there are so many examples that I can give. There are so many examples of, of, of people, like Andy said, over the, over the last 10 years or so, people that have just invested, people that have used their gifts, people that have just stepped up to the plate and just, and just served and just given themselves. And it's just incredible. It's incredible because it, does, it, it, it produces fruit in them. It produces fruit in them because as they give of themselves... God returns. God gives back. That's the, that, that's the as you sow um, and as you reap, there's that kind of, as they give themselves, God just blesses, God grows, God develops, God shapes, God matures, and God brings uh, people through um, in, in conforming them to the image of his son, in making them look more like Jesus. But second of all, it also blesses those that are recipients. Actually, it's somebody that's in a desperate time and God just meets that need. It, it, it's somebody that actually is really struggling with a relationship and somebody speaks a prophetic word and it just unlocks the situation. A- actually, that's what it looks like for our gifts to be working one another, to be, to be giving to one another. And there's such a freedom um, and liberality um, and open-handedness to which we can do that that actually really serves and blesses um, one another. And so a couple of things then from the first few verses of that passage that I just read out um, in terms of just practically how do we, how do, we do generosity? How do, how do we as a church do generosity? Um, well, it says in verse 3, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. There's a humility with which we serve, recognizing that these aren't our gifts that we've drummed up or developed, but they're gifts that are freely given by God. They're given by his grace. And actually, we just humble ourselves and just serve, just give, just give ourselves. Um, and at the same time, doing it with faith. Doing it according to our faith. Not as if we're trying to coerce into something or do it through gritted teeth or grudgingly, but kind of um, actually giving from a place of, of real faith and believing that the gifts that God's given are going to produce fruit in people's lives, in our lives, um, as we serve and as we're generous with those. Um, and then thirdly, service. It looks like service. Um, having gifts that differ according to the grace that gives us, let us use them. Let's serve one another. Let's bring the gifts that we have and let's just serve one another. Um, and do, we can do, be doing that fairly liberally. And so with generosity, there's, you can see there's this whole kind of track record throughout Scripture where God is a generous God. God freely pours himself out for us. 
He freely died on the cross for our sin. He voluntarily, sacrificially went to that place for you and for me so that we could be brought into his family. What generosity, what kindness, what incredible mercy. And the call on us then as believers is, is, is how do we respond to that? How do we respond with all that he's blessed us with? Knowing that actually we, we, we can't kind of build our own little empire. We give it away. We liberally, just freely, just give it away. Give all that he's uh, blessed us with. We're blessed. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're, we're called to serve and love those around us. It's interesting that actually the, 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 the people of God, the church, weren't just called to serve one another. They were called first to serve and take care of the needs amongst themselves. But actually they were called to serve those wider that actually the greatest need for the world around us is to come to know Jesus. When we talk about generosity, that is the most generous act. That is the kindest act, is actually sharing the message of Jesus with those around us. And we can do that with lots of different ways. We can do that with lots of different um, examples and things like that. Um, but there's so many different avenues and opportunities that we have. And just like Andy said, maybe it's worth getting into your running partners and just saying, over this week, I'm really going to, you know, where, where are we going to step out in being generous, in serving um, our colleagues at work? How are we going to demonstrate God's generosity to us, um, to the world around us? And then finally, I just want to come back to this idea of sowing and reaping. If we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. If we sow generously, we reap generously. And actually, it's an incredible privilege um, to be able to just sow gen- um, generously and see God bless uh, generously and see that come back. And that doesn't always look like, um, if you like, a transaction on earth. It's not like, well, great, if I give this, if I get, I don't know, um, if I give £100, God's going to give me £200, Right? It might look like that. It doesn't always look like that. But there is a pattern of giving generously and receiving generously. Because generosity is less about the actual amounts. It's more about the heart. It's more about what, what, what's God doing in your heart. Uh, I was having a chat with a friend this week. Um, I'll give one testament and then I'm going to pray. Um, I had a chat with a friend uh, this week um, who felt stirred to give, um, give a significant gift, um, big gift, large gift, um, and just sat down and prayed it through. And, yeah, they were like, fine, let's give it. Um, And so they gave this gift. um, And then within a matter of days, literally days, his uh, HR department work were like, do you know what? We've made a slight error on your tax calculation and you're due for a tax rebate. And literally all of the money plus a little bit extra was returned within the space of about a week. That's, that's sowing generously and reaping generously. And that's the kind of lifestyle, that's the kind of, uh, if you like, joy that we can experience when we begin to step out in this. And like Andy said, it, you don't just jump straight to those sorts of things straight away. There's a journey, there's a process of, of, of walking in maturity, walking into all that God has for us. Um, so I'm going to pray. If you'd like to jump to your feet, uh, Louis is going to come back up.
Lord Jesus, we thank you for your generosity and your kindness to us. Lord, thank you that we are, Lord, we are just bowled over by your generosity. Lord, thank you that time and time and time again, Lord, you prove yourself to be faithful. Lord, you prove to be faithful in every area of life. And Lord, we can trust that your word is entirely faithful. Lord, that where we um, sow uh, generously, Lord, we will reap generously. Lord, that you will bring back, Lord, you will cultivate within us maturity as a people, as your people. Lord, you will equip us with increased resources, giftings to then serve greater and go further. And Lord, we just say, Lord, before you, that we want to be a people that are are given over, um, Lord, to being that conduit of your generosity. Lord, we want to be a people that are given over, um, Lord, to blessing those around us, Lord. And as, you, we, as we step into that, Lord, we just pray for real faith um, to come in Jesus' name. Amen.